Why this fool got more comics than a motherfucker? Hello, and welcome to MCMF. My name is Marcus, Mr. Summers, if you're nasty. Uh, joining me on this episode to talk about Static Shock, Rebirth of the Cool, the patron saint of the Maka Root, it's Will. Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Um, I want to know if this is an ambush, because uh, I really came here to defend Kotal Kahn for 30 minutes on end. <laughs> I mean, we can, de- we can de- defend Kotal Kahn. You can attempt... To defend Kotal Khan, you can plead his case. There's no defending that man. He fucking <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the ultimate job guy. Who's the job squad of MCMF? It's Modoc, Kotal Khan. Modoc's here to do the job, brother. <laughs> oh, we, we uh, need a, who's the two cold Scorpio of. <laughs> two cold Scorpio, Al Snow, and who else was in the job squad? Ah, shit, uh, fucking Blue the Meanie. Blue Meanie? <laughs> Meanie has got to be Kotal Kahn. Yes. As a matter of fact, Blue Meanie is Kotal Kahn because Shao Kahn breaking his back is, he's JBL. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> JBL whooping his ass at one night stand? <laughs> Just laying it in. <laughs> Just laying it in. Getting real snug. <laughs> uh, so, we had a lot of fun talking shit about uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws and how atrocious that book was. So I decided for your second uh, your second appearance here that we'd talk about something good. Yes. Thank God. Uh, and so I picked kind of what is considered the, the, the best milestone comic story, which happens to be after Milestone had folded. Uh, Static Shock Rebirth of the Cool, uh, which came out four years after uh, after Milestone had closed. This kind of came out to coincide with Static Shock, the TV show. But it's before all the Milestone characters had been formally rolled into oh. uh, the DC Universe. Like, that wouldn't happen for, like, another seven or eight years. Yeah, yeah, because I, I remember vividly when that happened. And, um, yeah, it happens in Milestone Forever, and then um, Virgil kind of officially becomes like a real DC character in Terror Titans, and then later in uh, Teen Titans. Which is, you know, I remember, re- I remember one thing that seemed weird to me at the time is that, and maybe I wouldn't feel this way if I go back and read it now, but reading those books at the time, it felt like they were under the assumption that people just knew a lot more about Milestone than they did. Yes. And because like they would reference stuff and I'd be like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. So like Virgil's parts made a lot of sense to me because I had read at this, by the time I read Milestone Forever, I had read the entirety of Virgil's uh, series, which I I should say it ends very suddenly. Milestone just kind of closed one day. Um, So uh, Static ran for 45 issues and then leaves off on a cliffhanger. Like, not even, like, a particularly, like, it's not issue three or four. It's, like, issue one of five of a story where it's, like, oh. 
Jeez. Like very early in this story, and then it just ends. I was like, oh, okay. Like, no resolution because they closed very suddenly. Um, and so I had to kind of refamiliarize myself with a lot of the stuff for this. Uh, for this, the I was just telling you before we started the impetus for why I wanted to do this was uh, I had decided I wanted to go back and read that original series. Yes. Um, and then I was like, "Fuck! I really want to talk about Virgil because Virgil." is the enduring star of Milestone Comics. He... Yeah, easily, I would think. I would say. He is the... Uh, not just the most recognizable Milestone character, he's kind of the recognizable Milestone character. Like, people... I, 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 I'll say, frankly, after the cartoon, I'd say he's more recognizable than a lot of just, like, mainline DC characters. Honestly. Yes. Like, you put Virgil up against, like, half the roster of Justice League Unlimited, people will know him and not them. 100%. Oh, yeah. Like, do you think people know who fucking Vigilante is? No. I mean, I'll say that I think there's even some more mainstream heroes. Like, I, I think if you were to poll people, like, out of 100, I'd say that more people know Static than they do even, like, Jaime Reyes. Yes. And, uh, so, ironically, Jaime is on that Teen Titans team that Virgil gets uh, gets put on. Um I think Virgil was issue 69 of Teen Titans. It's Virgil, uh, Kid Devil, Jaime, Aqua Girl, uh, Wonder Girl, Ravager, and Bombshell. This is like right before New 52, isn't it? Yes, this is 2009. Oh, and Kid Eternity is on that team. Yes, that's right. Yeah. A lot of kids in Teen Titans. I mean, I get it, you know, Teen Titans, but. Let's, yeah. uh, let's try to work on that naming scheme, fellas. Let's, uh... <laughs> well, I mean, Kid Devil isn't Kid Devil for that much longer after that. Uh, he goes to just being Eddie really fast after that. Yeah. You know, some characters feel like uh, a writer has a very concise idea what to do with them, and then they get punted into the, <laughs> the abyss, and somebody else is like, well, I don't know what to do. And yeah. he's one of them. He's definitely one of them. Yeah, because it was like, he was on that team forever. It yep. felt like. Because I think he was hanging around when they were still Young Justice and then pops back up in Teen Titans. And then it was just like, it feels like there was an idea for this character. Uh, you know? But nobody was that interested in telling it. Um, <laughs> well, same thing with like half the Young Justice cast, where they, mm-hmm. they, they were like, uh, Slowbo, get gone. Um, Arrowette, don't need you. Secret, go back. We don't and you know, know, normally, as a as the the defender of all things uh, Arrow family, I would be upset about Arrowette getting uh, put on a bus. But then you can make a strong case that if you don't have her, you don't get Mia Dearden. And yeah, uh, yeah if Arrowette gets around, you don't get you you don't get Mia. So sacrifice has got to be made. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time. And then I think the next time she shows up is in the the Wonder Girl six-issue mini, which, fuck, I've, I've been trying to think of who I want to get to, on to do that because that's fun and short. Um, But let's jump in to Static Shock Rebirth of the Cool issue number one, uh, yes. which opens in the city of Dakota. Now, I've never been I – don't, I don't remember if they ever say where Dakota is supposed to be, but I've always read it as Midwest. Uh, yeah, I do know it's supposed to be specifically in the Midwest because I know in that same Titans run we were talking about, um, Aqua Girl refers to Virgil 
as like a, a sweet Midwestern boy or something like that. Yes. I didn't realize until recently, like doing – like looking into stuff for this issue. Like I guess I just forgot that Virgil and Aqua Girl like kind of have a thing. Yeah. Because uh, Virgil is the Peter Parker of the Milestone universe, and every third woman he meets is in love with him. You know? <laughs> like, that's uh, how you go. Uh-huh. What if that's his love life for a 15-year-old? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, like, his love life here is, and I don't think they mention it in this story, but, like, they do, like, an after-school special issue with Virgil and his girlfriend Daisy in the original run where uh, it's, like, Daisy would like to have sex with you, Virgil. What are you gonna do about it? <laughs> and they make you they make you think that like because like it ends with Virgil going into Daisy's apartment and the door closes and that's it. And you don't see what happens. And then I don't think it's referenced for a few issues. And then Virgil's like, no, 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 me and Daisy just talked. And it's like... which you know on the one side I do believe because he you know stopped being a superhero at fourteen, which yep. makes sense. Uh, on the other hand, this man is bread horny. <laughs> this guy rules. He is taking liberties this whole book. Uh, we'll we'll get to that. This issue opens with uh, with a character running away uh, from from some goons. We don't see anything really descriptive. I don't. They've all got these staffs, staves, uh, and they're like target acquired and identified. Juice up and move in. Uh, and it's the character Third Rail, who I don't think is ever really expounded on, um, in anything, but cool design, cool code name. Yeah, very good name. Uh, and that, then we just move right into Virgil sitting, uh, Virgil sitting on the phone talking. He does this a lot. Uh, like Virgil just hanging out with Frida. Mm hmm. Uh, and I cannot stress enough. If Virgil is Milestone's Peter Parker, Frida Gorin is Jewish Mary Jane. Oh yeah, I can see that. Um, like it's it's aggressive in like the way she looks like Mary Jane, but like also her personality, the role she fits for the story. She's she's Mary Jane as shit. Hundred uh, percent. What the fuck is Virgil wearing? Is my first thought. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, there are some fits that get <laughs> off this goddamn book. And I understand it was 20-plus years ago or 20-ish years ago, uh, but come on. He uh, looks like JJ from Good Times. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I love John Paul Leon. This is some of my favorite comic art ever. I love the way this this book looks. Yes, agreed. This is, I love the art style of this. Virgil is wearing a it's like a it's like a rugby shirt almost but like the collar is coming from underneath the shirt that he's wearing Oh god it is yeah. what is this Yeah <laughs> I opened the very... page up just to look again and oh my god <laughs> It's very weird um and so Virgil is talking to Frida, and he's like, look, uh, what are you talking about? And she is talking to – the two of them are talking about how Virgil's old team, the heroes, uh, want him to come back. And he's like, I don't want to do it because Virgil, sometime after Static Issue 45, 
quit being static. Um, and a good example of them taking liberties very early. Virgil and Frida constantly do this with each other. Um, and it took a while before it to become a mutual thing. Because uh, in – and I'll get to when he references it uh, later. Virgil oh. is constantly flirting with Frida in the original run. He asks her out in the first issue, and she turns him down because she's dating their friend Larry, and Virgil doesn't know. Ah. Uh, but Larry's not okay. around anymore, so <laughs> Frida's just flirting back. Yeah. She, uh, so Virgil's like, I guess I'm supposed to just put aside everything I'm doing and break out the old cape and cow. And, uh, and Frida's like, it's summer vacation. You, besides, you never wore a cape. You wore those skin-tight PJs I liked so much. These kids are 15, by the way. Yeah, these characters are 15. <laughs> it also, all... so, mm-hmm. I, I think I had mentioned before that I have no real uh, background with these characters. Yeah. So, Frida, I, it took me a while to really kind of pin down racially what she was. Uh-huh. Because at first... On this first two pages, she looks like just a very light-skinned black woman. Like, yes. Just like Teacher Campbell. Yes! Just like fucking Teacher Campbell. And then, like, they show her later, and I was like, wait, that Frida? Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Frida, as far as I know, is, like, 100% ethnically Jewish. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Um, Like, there's a, a really good story, in, like, early on in the original run about... Like, the two of them both learning the importance of solidarity between oppressed groups. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like issue Man. five and six or something. Yeah, I'm going to start reading this run. That's the, that, that's the, it took all of, what, five minutes of talking about it? <laughs> yeah. It's a really easy book to sell. I love this, this comic. Uh, also, worth mentioning, Dwayne McDuffie, uh, St. Dwayne McDuffie, really, he yes. only wrote... I want to say like the first four issues of Static and then handed it off to Robert L. Washington. Um, but the idea and the reason I will keep referring to Virgil as being Peter Parker is that Virgil Hawkins is supposed to be Peter Parker. He is – what if Peter Parker realized he needed to be responsible before somebody got shot? Right. Uh, that was the whole idea that McDuffie came up with, and it works. Yeah, it does. And nothing I'll say about Dwayne McDuffie that it I can't tell if it's a chicken or an egg situation, but I think that because obviously he wrote this uh, this run and he had a heavy hand in the Static Cartoon Show, a lot of Virgil's dialogue I read directly in Phil Lamar's voice. Yes, like even down to the cadence of some of the sarcasm, yeah. it feels so natural for that voice Phil like- Lamar did for him. Like this line uh, that he says when uh, when Frida's like I, those skin tight PJs, he says, "Tough break. I throw them out when I quit." That sounds like Phil Lamar in my head. A hundred percent. Yes. Uh, and like I said, I don't know if it's because I that's that's how I was introduced to the character, or if it just speaks to how well like he wrote over them, where it just it feels like one cohesive character. But yeah. it's really cool. It it really helps when the person steering the adaptation is the creator of the character. Because then you get, like, the heart of the character. Uh, like, even if little details change uh, in adaptation, the heart of the character remains where it should. And everything that you are supposed to get, you get. Yeah. Um, 
And so Virgil's like, Virgil says, uh, I don't, he's a, I don't want to be static anymore. I'm busy. And Virgil's like, all you've done this summer is read comics, play video game, and date what's her name. What a time. Oh, I'm saying. <laughs> so relatable. Like, to have the time. <laughs> like, all he does is play the fucking PS1 and go on dates. Mm. Oh, what a life! I'm saying, I say as I as I cautiously look at the date to see when my mortgage payments are dropped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, youth! Uh, so Virgil and Frida realize. So Virgil realizes that his sister keeps getting on the line, like either to listen to his conversation or because she's trying to call somebody. And he's like, "Hey, uh, we." cannot have this conversation on the phone uh where sharon might hear it so meet me at a cods which is a, a just a spot they go to um also there's a there's a good uh there's like two pokemon jokes in this book um yes uh the first is here where frida says oh and you've been collecting those stupid trading cards i can't believe you're into that stuff and he says what can i say i identify with pikachu <laughs> which i'm not ashamed to admit so we were originally supposed to record this a few days earlier, yeah. And um, I reread it just kind of right before to kind of brush my memory. Did not catch that joke the first time. <laughs> it's so, it really <laughs> it by you. <laughs> uh, and so the the really cool thing about the way this book is written is it's set to really intro uh like reintroduce people who haven't who aren't familiar with this version of Virgil because he says a lot of things here. Uh, that are references to things he says early in um, in the original run. So when they meet at Akkad's, he does this thing, which he does every time he sees Frida. In <laughs> Every time he meets up with Frida in the original run, he does this. He goes, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Frida Gorin Show! That's fantastic. <laughs> it's just like, fuck, I hate when you do this. <laughs> God damn it, Virgil. <laughs> They've known each other for like a year at this point. He has never greeted her like a normal person. <laughs> Gotta love it. I love a good commitment to a bit. Uh, and so the second bit here, uh, this the rhino chip thing, this is also a reference to issue one. Because uh, he says, Virgil offers her a chip. Uh, she says, you know I never touch with that stuff. My body is a temple. He says, I've never been to temple, but I wouldn't mind going there someday. What? <laughs> I just sent you this, uh, this one... <laughs> panel out of context. I was like, what is his problem? Why is he like this? Like, <laughs> what a great man. I've never feel, felt more seen. <laughs> Teenage me has never felt more seen than I do with Virgil in this comic. I've never been to Temple, but I wouldn't mind going there someday. Um, like some bolded, ladies and gentlemen. Yes! <laughs> so this is a reference to something he says to her in issue one where he says uh, they're outside of their classroom. And he goes, you want a rhino chip? And she goes, no, uh, I don't eat that stuff. It's going to go straight to my uh, – It's gonna. I don't want to gain any weight. My butt's the size of a Buick. And Virgil says, you think I'd notice that Consider I've been trying to look up your skirt all morning? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Virgil. <laughs> He's just like this. He can't help it. Solidarity. Uh, <laughs> uh, proud member of the sicko army. Virgil, you know? <laughs> uh, 
But they have a they have a conversation here about Virgil quitting being static and her trying to Frida's trying to convince him to be static again. And uh she's like, Hey, so I've got your old costume here. By the way, I I saved it when you threw it out. I even washed it for you, because Lord knows you never did. Uh, and she, she's like, you don't miss it? He says, sometimes I miss my old tricycle, but I've outgrown that too. I can't save the world, Red. I tried and I failed. That's a fact. And uh, she says, hey, stop being all frowny. It starts tickling him. And there's just this beat. Like this one panel of no dialogue, and it's just him looking at it. Yes. Her. And I cannot harp enough on how good this art is. Because these three panels uh, of them laughing, them looking at each other, and then Frida saying, hey, you never told me why you quit. You get all three of the emotions that you are supposed to get without there being like a a high level of detail. This is very kind of old comics in the way it's drawn, the way it's shaded, the way it's colored. Um, And when people say comic book as a storytelling device, as an art form, this is what they're like. This is when I when I hear that. This is what I yes. Just three or four quick panels, and you get you get the full emotion of it. You know, you get every emotion you're trying to get out of these characters, and everything about these characters' dynamic is on this one page. That's Uh, great because they look at each other, and it is. It is one panel, but it is so inherently charged and like romantic, just the way they look at each other here. And then Frida says, "Hey, you never told me why you quit." And he says, "That's right, I didn't," and leaves. Like, and it's it's great when you when you kind of compare how cold him just leaving in the middle of that conversation is, compared to how warmly he greets her. Yes, it really it gets the point home. You know what I mean? Right, he does not want to. He doesn't want to talk about what made him quit. Clearly, it's something that bothers him. Uh, we cut away to the factory on Paris Island, uh, which is this is where the Big Bang happened. Um, and those guys from earlier with the staves are uh, are scanning around for for Bang Babies. And so, um, which. You know, to, to talk about Fitz again for a moment, uh, these this ethnically diverse group of gang members are all wearing uh, double-breasted leather jackets with no sleeves. Yeah, they're wearing like, leather dusters, like Drew McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what that is. They have on Drew McIntyre coats and do-rag. <laughs> and I don't know what's happening with that. Uh, they say, let's juice up. We got work to do. And they inject themselves with this vial. Uh, and so four characters are standing around. It's DMZ, Fade, Oro, and Nina Lamb. Uh, the only one of these characters I'm really kind of familiar with is Fade, uh, who is a ghost, kind of? It's unclear. There's a lot of... The thing about Milestone is the reason Static stuck is because he's such a distinct personality, and he's got a really easy to explain, easy, easily relatable, easy to explain. Uh, Fade, DMZ, Oro, and right. Nina Lamb, eh, not so much. Uh, like the way I can pick up is like I'm assuming 
like Oro. I don't. I, I don't even know. Like I, I see that his name is Oro when he's wearing gold. Yeah. So I get that part. But what else? What's up? What else is? What else is happening? Like, I mean, it's not important because these dudes get their asses whooped. Ooh, yes, they do. <laughs> they get smoked. Uh, and uh, these guys grab them and take them away. And so it's just, and it is kind of horrifying that that uh that fade guy, ghost person, whatever, he yeah. just kind of has to watch it happen. Yeah, it's like, well, nobody can grab him, so we're leaving. Make him watch. Which, <laughs> come on, man, that's uh, that's brutal. Yeah. Uh, and we cut back to uh, we, we cut to an apartment in Westwood, uh, and someone's just talking about, hey, what happened? We lose another bang baby. It's like worse. Some of the guys who aren't bang babies are going missing. Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm open to suggestions. Also worth mentioning here, this I'm pretty sure is hardware. And who? Hardware. Uh, oh, he, okay. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. That makes a lot more sense. Okay. Because I was trying to, I, I remember reading this panel and I was like, what? Like, I, I even, an issue later, I'm like, what the fuck was that page about? Who is yeah, that? Yeah, it's hardware. Okay. That that tracks a lot better. Yep, yeah. and that's why he's in the wheelchair. Okay. Yes. Yep. Um, so we cut away to Fandom's Lair, which is the comic shop that Virgil and his friends hang out at. Uh, which, shout out to Rick! Yes, indeed. Better known as Richie in the show. Uh, uh, and so the uh, they do reference that here. He says, uh, hey, we're about to go to the 10th grade. You guys have to call me Richard now. And like, if you say so, but Richie doesn't make you sound any more butch. Uh, because, great line. Yeah, well, because Rick is gay, which is like an understated a thing that people don't know about that character. Uh, they wanted to write it in to the show. Uh, but couldn't. It was 2001. They were gonna let them do it. Yeah. So what they did yeah. instead was make him the the dude who is like obsessed with girls. Yeah. As a smokescreen. They ice man him. They Bobby Drake him. They absolutely Bobby Drake him. Uh, he his coming out. Uh, by the way, I think that's in issue nine, maybe. Um. Like, the other characters have been, like, teasing him and just generally being a 90s homophobes at him, uh, being the dirt worst. And then he shows up one day, having gotten his ass kicked, and they're like, yo, Rick, what the fuck happened? And he's like, yeah, some dudes beat me up for being gay. Not because they thought I'm gay, but because I am gay. Uh, anyway, I'm trying to put together a fundraiser, and they're like, hold on, we're not gonna, we're gonna move past <laughs> You're not just going to act like you didn't just say that. <laughs> he's like, look, it's just, it's important that, like, he moves on. He's like, the importance of, like, not being a homophobe. But they're like, we're not going to gloss over that. You, Why didn't you tell us earlier? He's like, because you're you guys. Why would I tell you that? <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, but he does have this really good line uh, where he looks at Chuck, the, the guy who says the, uh, if you say so. He says, your name should be Richard. What'll I call you for short? Hmm. 
And Virgil says, uh, you'll have to excuse Chuck. Since he's too dumb to get into college, this, will, this is the last year that he gets to legitimately be sophomoric. So good. <laughs> like, it, it, like that, the next page, you can tell Virgil knows he to that he, face. Yeah, he like leans back, smirks to himself. Like that's his uh that's his uh his three point shot television. Like he knew he had <laughs> That's Ray Allen as time expires. You know? Um and uh so Virgil's girlfriend Madison comes in. Uh and Fr- again, really good emotions here. Because Frida is fucking great on this page. One yes, she is. from I believe from I Dream of Genie. Uh but we're yes. here. Uh, but she, uh, Felix says, uh, uh oh, it's the old ball and chain. And Frida says, more like the old cat of nine tails. Uh, and so Virgil and Madison leave to go to the movies. And Daisy, Virgil's ex, says, what's your deal anyway? You weren't jealous when I used to, uh, back when I used to go with him. And Frida, not even looking at her, <laughs> says, yeah, Daisy, but you were never a real threat. And <laughs> It, it, their faces are so good here, especially for you. If you look at her mouth, like you know that expression. You've yes. seen a woman that expression a hundred times. Like it's like it's so good, so good. It's like the every the full range of emotions on Frida's face on this one page are incredible. Because we go from like jealousy in the page where Madison shows up, like she's drawn from a distance, but you can see her eyes. She's like looking away from Virgil. Uh-huh. Uh, and then she's kind of frowned up when she when they leave. And then when she, after she says that to Daisy, her eyes get really wide and her mouth, <laughs> like her lip purse, like oh shit, that was that was supposed to be a thought bubble. <laughs> one, one back. Which speaking of, so I I don't know if it's because he, I don't know if it's like a a conscious effort or if it's just because for most of this book he's talking to people. But I've noticed that Virgil does not have a whole lot of thought bubbles. Yeah, I don't know about his inner monologue. I think that is a lot because he's just verbalizing a lot instead of just thinking here. Um, Plus, there's so much they've got to get in there that true. Like he's talking to somebody every page, right? Like we do not get a lot of introspective Virgil pages, um, because he doesn't have a lot of time for that. Um, and so they go see a movie and Virgil's like, uh, she was, Madison goes, wasn't that wonderful? And Virgil's like, that's the worst movie I think I've ever seen that didn't have Jeff Conaway in it. He's like, I thought it was romantic. And he's like, yeah, well, I did enjoy making out in the balcony part. Cause again, Virgil Hawkins, relentlessly horny. What a champ. <laughs> um, and uh, Madison leaves. She's like, I'll call you later. They go. They leave on their bikes, <laughs> which which is one of those. It's one of those reality check moments, really. Right, fifteen. Yeah, it reminds you these characters can't drive. And so they they leave, uh, and Virgil is immediately set upon by Blitzen of the uh, of heroes. And she's like, hey, uh, we, I've been looking for you. He's like, I don't want to be on the team anymore. Please leave me alone. She's like, yeah, yeah, but it's been like five months. And it's important. Uh, 
She's like, she notices, don't you ever pedal your bike? He says, no, I just tow it with my powers. <laughs> Which is great, because could you imagine just seeing that going down the just like, just never, and no one ever notices that he does it. Good shit, man. Uh, and she's like, hey, you know what a better use for your powers? A bunch of bag babies are going missing. Uh, and heroes were working the case, and they got Donner, who is her sibling. I believe so, but I don't, what is Donner's power? I don't remember. Let's do a quick check. Because I forgot. I just looked like, it up Blitz, the other day. Because, like, Blitz, it makes sense. You know, speed, Blitz, boom, 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 whatever. But Donner is just... I get it's the Donner... Oh, no, Donner is her girlfriend. Oh. Yeah. I did not catch that. How did I not catch that? Well, because I don't think she... They don't expand on it. Um, like, there's just... She's looking for her. Donner's powers are uh she's uh she's got superman powers okay cool strength and vulnerability super strength or uh stamina yep and uh she's like we need your help and virgil's like i can't she's like you mean you won't screw you virgil and leaves uh and then a hardware from a limousine is like i'm i've always prided myself on being a world-class asshole but kid you got a gift uh, he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And uh, a hologram of Rocket shows up. And she's like, he keeps calling it a recruiting drive. I think it's more like an intervention. Um, Rocket, I didn't think about it until I was reading this. One, Rocket, uh -huh. great design. Uh, pretty good character. Rocket's code name is hilarious. Because her first so name is Raquel. Mm. <laughs> Real creative then. <laughs> so, like, when Virgil calls her Rocky, it didn't click in my head that he's like, it's a play on her code name. Because I'm like, yeah, of course he would call her that. That's her fucking name. But her, her design here kind of, it gives me like a, like, 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 if, I think, I don't think I've ever seen her in Age of Apocalypse, but she looks like what I would think Age of Apocalypse Jubilee would Yes. It's very Havoc, really. Yeah, it kind of is, Jan. You're right. That's Especially like look. 90s Havoc with the jacket. Yeah, that's a good look, though. I'm a big fan of the uh, the cow that comes over the back of the head. But yeah. That stupid look. I love it. <laughs> it only works on certain characters. True. Um, so the... Uh, Rocket is actually on a deep space mission and can't come back to help. Um, and Hardware, both his fucking legs are broken. <laughs> like fucking Zack Ryder. He's going to get pushed off the stage by Kane. You know? Just sitting there. Uh, like, uh, total tangent. That was like the funniest fucking night. <laughs> That's like one of the funniest nights in Raw history is Zack Ryder getting pushed off the stage by Kane. Like, it was just so unhinged. Like, it's just the worst time in his fucking life. And, like, I thought it was going to be like, oh, we're going to see, like, a dark Zack Ryder come back and, like, he's going to fucking want to kill John Cena. He just 
Zack Ryder, and he's over it. He doesn't mind that John Cena made out with his girlfriend. In front of him. In front of him. John Cena, who was ostensibly his friend. I don't know, man. Oh, wrestling, what a time. wrestling is so fucking dumb. I love it when it's What's, done. What makes it even worse is that seeing what he's done since he left WWE, especially like his GCW stuff. Yeah. He could have. He could have. He would have ate if they just let him do like a heel turn Zack Ryder after that. Yes, if he had just been like a, a like a total dick. You know, it would have been perfect. But, Who you know. doesn't realize that he's being a dick? Yeah, so good. Uh, but anyway, uh, they. Uh, Hardware has a great he says we need you to carry the ball this time kid 10 yards uh, it's like you got your pa- plus besides you got your parents at the big bang meaning they're gonna come for you yeah which I was thinking in the literally like right before this when uh, he's talking to Blitzen and she's like yeah they're coming out the bang babies and I'm like you don't think you're gonna be next on that list man like you're you're, you're- you're electro floating a bike down a city street. Like you're kind of the most famous bank baby. Uh, they're gonna come find you eventually. You know, it might take a little while, but you know. Yeah. It's it's like if there was a story where somebody was hunting mutants and fucking Wolverines, like yeah, well. Hey man, every man for himself. <laughs> like what the fuck? Um, but uh, Virgil says, look. I played this game before and I lost. And I messed up so bad before. And we see like a a quick glimpse of what happened. They they really tell, take their time telling you what happened with Virgil and why he stopped being static. Yeah. Um and I think the well, I don't even know if I call it a criticism, but I think because it's just four issues, it feels like they kind of take their time with it, but then once they kind of even give you a, a hint at what really happens, it feels like everything's going to a full sprint. Yes, it it, it really just, just drags it out, and then we're on, you know? It's, it's an interesting kind of way to tell the story. It's not a bad way to tell it, but I wish right, I, thought, I wouldn't say it's criticism, but you know, it's it's just it's yeah. I'm making note of it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I wish they had told more of the story with of what happens with Static and Dusk, because Dusk, it when did she come back? Because um, Dusk is sort of his girlfriend for a while. She's basically his his Felicia Hardy. Okay. And she uh she leaves at one point. And then she's back in this story and dies in a flashback. Oh, because she uh she says I'm going to look for I'm going to look for stragglers like they're, she's running into a burning building. Virgil's like we got everybody. There's no time. And she's like I'll be ha- I'll be out in half a jiff, Warrior Wart. And then Virgil just says I should have saved her. Cryptic, cryptic shit. Man. Yeah. Um. And Rocket says, you should have kept up the fight. You owe it to her memory. Uh, and you, uh, Hardware lays it out for him. He says, look, we're out of the picture. The, the three of us, us and Icon. Blood Syndicate's beaten. The heroes never even had a chance. If we've got a future, it's you. Which is kind of meta, in a way. If my yeah. 
if Milestone has a future, it's Virgil Hawkins. It's static. It's definitely a static, you know? And later, like, retroactively, Rocket, because they decide to put her in Young Justice, but it's really Virgil. Yeah. He's like, the Milestone gets integrated into the DC Universe, but Virgil's the one character who ends up in a prominent position. Uh, he's the one character that people know. He kind of is the torchbearer for what remains of this company. And like we were talking, uh, I think it was before, but, um, you know, I, I, I won't say I pride myself, but I know a little bit of comics. And uh, going into this, the only milestone characters that I know are Static, uh, Icon, and a villain named Holocaust because he was in an issue of Brave and the Bold fighting Static and Black Lightning. And I remember thinking, wow, they named that black man Holocaust. <laughs> okay, so the thing is, I think until very recently, comic creators were just focused on what was cool and didn't think stuff through enough. Like, oh, yeah, think sure. about how fucked up it is that Sunfire's powers are nuclear. Yeah. So look, I, I, we were having a conversation about the um, and one of my coworkers was saying how, like, she brought that up, and I was like, I always thought it was kind of fucked up that his name was Sunfire, because I instantly just thought of the Japanese flag. Yeah, well, yes, that's his old costume, remember? It's the, the rising yeah, sun and flag. It's, and it's like, oh, wow, that's bad from different angles. Like, <laughs> and then, fucking, his power is being the atomic man. Like, you know, they found a way to rehab him, they found a way to make him you know, more than one note. But still, man, that note is still there. Yeah. Like, uh, very similarly, we were talking about, because uh, my coworker that I was speaking of, she's a uh, Native American, and she was saying how, you know, even characters that they treat pretty well, like uh, like Warpath and Danny Moonstar, like, if you think about their powers just long enough, they seem pretty racist then. Danny's especially not so I'd say less on Jim because his powers are just being like a big strong dude. Um But see but even then, if you think about it, he's a big, strong, hard to hurt native dude that doesn't talk about. Yeah. Like that's yeah. That's stereotype city, you know? Yeah. Danny's the worst He's got like mysticism and can talk to animals and Yeah, it's like, oh come on guys. Uh, come on, <laughs> come on, Chris, get it together. You know? Chris Claremont is the perfect example of a dude who means well. Oh yeah, but does not think th- he does not think those through from a different angle. Because it's the, it's the seventies like, and the eighties. Yeah, exactly. It's like he just he yeah, doesn't think the more like let me ask somebody about this. Yeah, you just do shit. <laughs> uh, so uh, cussing the next day, Virgil is at the mall with his uh with his mom and his or with his whole family actually because his dad shows up later. Um, and so Virgil is thinking about being static again. Uh, I think it's unclear. Um, because he does grab the blue and yellow jacket off a rack, and he's like, This could work. And Stella, aka Starlight, another one of his former teammates, shows up and she's like, I don't know, I kind of missed the poncho. He's like, What, what the-, the, the yellow raincoat? Which, uh, un- unrelated to anything. Stella, if you're hearing this, please call me. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, she looks great. She looks like they watched a Destiny's Child video while drawing. Yes, she kind of does. Like, very, very Kelly Rowland. You know? Um, and he's like, look, I'm not coming back to the team. And she's like, uh... She's like, I didn't ask you to. He's like, what, is this a coincidence? No, <laughs> you're the bait. Uh, I'm going to get the jump on these guys. Because they're going to come here looking for you. Because, again, you're a bang baby. You know, like, once again, target on your back, bro. And so Starlight's like, I got it. I got it from here, Virgil. Run and play. And uh, jumps into action. And uh, what what happens is, it's kind of unclear. They try to send that containment field at her that they've been hitting everyone else with. And it feeds back on her power. It feeds back on her powers. And uh, they blow up this fucking department store. Like, they blow it up to shit, man. It's it's bad. Like, yeah. And so Virgil uh, Virgil comes up with the disguise and basically puts on the... Not basically, he does. This is the static cartoon sh- uh, costume. Which, okay, so I'm, I'm gonna... They're in a department. Yeah. And uh, you see him earlier, he's looking at the jacket. So he has the jacket. You see him grab the goggles... Yeah, the guy uh, mask is the um like for a skiing thing. I'm assuming he just picks up the gloves at some point because the t-shirt though was he just fucking wearing that t-shirt? No, I think he just found a t-shirt with a lightning bolt on it. It was like, okay, cool, this one. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> like it's it's so stylized though. Like, oh, he just does he just wear lightning bolt paraphernalia just in case? Just in case he got a throw costume. <laughs> These are also not the same pants he was wearing. Like, are they not? No, he's wearing jeans in the job before this. He sure shit is. <laughs> he did a full costume change. But you know, that would explain why these are jingle jeans. <laughs> the Hardy Boy pants. You know? That's, it's so, okay. Uh, we're about to hit a moment that uh, really screwed my brain up a little bit, right? Shoot. So, as I've stated, I've only really been exposed to Static from the cartoon show and from when he's been integrated into the the wider DC universe, right? Yeah. So, at first, I keep looking at him and I'm like, man, it's so wild that he doesn't really have dreads. Because I'm so used to Static just having dreads, right? Yeah. But then when he puts this costume on, it looks his hair looks more like Dread like, yeah, and I think one of the goons even says him with the dreads, yeah. So I'm like, okay, he does have dreads. It's just maybe with the art style, I just couldn't recognize the art style. And it's later established that he he needs a retwist. Well, see, that's the thing. So the way they talk about it, see, you're talking about, I they, they're talking about like he's just like his hair just needs to be cut, and I was like, oh, is that because his dad just hates his dreads, or is this is this not dreads? It, it, I spent way too much time thinking about it. What, what I think it is is his parents are like, your head looks nappy. Your head looks a mess. Either get your hair done or we'll cut this shit off. Which, you know, I, I think because I I think because I had I forgot that's a thing. Especially <laughs> when you're very short. Yeah. Like, once you got some weight to him, people just kind of let you. 
Well, 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 that okay. that middle yeah. stage looks like shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the DLU. Wait, say it again. It's the DLU. <laughs> so. Yeah, that that bothered me for a minute because I'm like, all right, what's happening? With yeah, Man. he uh, he washing uh, a retwist. That's all. You know, maybe a little apple cider vinegar. Yeah, and we do get we do get a little bit of a of a narration from Virgil here. Yeah, he, he says. So here's the situation: the bad guys are hunting superheroes. I don't know why. A few seconds ago, they took out my friend Starlight. I didn't think anybody could beat her, and now the Men in Black are after Static. And so they realize Virgil's the bang baby they're looking for, and they start fighting him. Uh, and he, Virgil makes a fucking spider sense joke. Yes, he does. And see, that's why I question. So you question what? That's why I questioned if this was after DC acquired them or beforehand when they're an independent company. Yeah, they're they're owned by DC here, but like. That's funny though. Yeah. Like, well, it's like uh, in Runaways when they make uh, when they find out find the cave that they live in. Uh, they're like, mm-hmm. is this we used to shoot that Batman show. Really, I don't even remember that. It's really early on. They make that joke. I, I think the only like Batman reference in like Marvel comics is like in a random Spider-Man issue. Uh, Spidey's like, hey, when I when I get to this guy, I should try to talk to Christian Bale. He does like the Christian Bale Batman voice. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Virgil says, uh, says they're like, give it up, you're no match for our energy staves. And he's like, could be right. My spider sense is tangling something fierce. Oh wait, I don't have a spider sense. That's probably my. That's probably this twenty thousand volts. Mm. And blows on the side of the wall out. What a bar. And says, don't, yeah, the guy, and the guy goes. Whoa, he says, don't tell me. Keanu Reeves, right? Can you do Larry Fishburne? Which, once again, because nobody except black people who were alive in the call that man Larry. Yes! <laughs> like, and keep in mind, too, Virgil, by sliding time scale. Uh, like, assuming this story takes place in 2001, Virgil was born in 1986. Yeah. Oof. Crazy. And so, of course, he would, of course he would make that joke. It's wild how, that, that, like, the, the idea of slide in comics is so wild. Because in my lifetime, no one would be static with being a kid who was to me to, like, a kid that's, like, significantly younger than me. Like, yeah, Virgil. Yeah. Think of it this way: this story came out in two thousand one. Virgil is fifteen. Virgil, I think, in the comics currently is like seventeen. So he went from being born in nineteen eighty five to being born in two thousand five. Crazy. Like I, we were talking about it before. Um, oh yeah, with Tim Drake. Yeah. Yeah, Tim Drake went from a kid who would have been buying Nine Inch Nails CDs when they came out, and uh, and staying up to watch them on Letterman. To somebody who would have heard a Nine Inch Nails song in a TikTok. Like, horrifying to think about. It's terrifying. Like, think this way. There's an issue of... There's an issue of uh, Robin where Stephanie is wearing a fucking... Uh, like a... I think she's wearing like a Randy Moss jersey. 
like a Randy Moss Vikings jersey. And oh. yeah. And now it's like she would have no idea who that character is. You know, or who that no guy clue. is. No like, clue. Like that's that's insane to me. God, she pulled up with the Kyle Murphy. God, uh, if I start talking about what what sports team superheroes would be into, I'd be here all day. Uh, that's a thread on my Twitter if you want to check that I'm out. Say, that, should be, that should be an episode all the time. That thread was... Yeah, I'm going to add more on to that. Um, Virgil points out to these guys, he's like, hey, has it occurred to you how dumb it is to attack a guy who controls electricity while holding on to metal staffs? I mean, really, where'd you go to supervillain school? The Vry? And also, this idea... Say again? This idea of him flying around on skis is fantastic. Yeah, him just magnetizing these skis and zipping around. Uh, he's great. Uh, so Virgil, Virgil fights these dudes off pretty handily, and uh, then they dis. The last guy just disappears, like teleports out, and uh, then Virgil looks back. The other two guys are gone too. Uh, and uh, Virgil's like, man, this used to be easier. And a voice off screen says, maybe that's because you used to have help. And he looks over, and the other members of Heroes are there. And it's Payback, who is kind of like like somewhere between The Thing and Clayface. Okay, I was going to ask you Payback's name. Yeah, it's kind of that. Uh, Iota, whose deal is that she is Ant-Man. Works. I mean, also another really good... Uh... Really good what? Codename. Yeah, Iota, great fucking codename. Yeah. And Blitzen, uh, who we met earlier. And Gloria Munich, who uh, I think is new for this. Uh, or Gloria Mundy, not M- Munich. I'm not wearing my glasses. I can't read. Um, she, uh, She's Ermac? <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> I, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to try to consider. Like, it, you know, you know, I have I have a specific hatred for characters who are like, quote unquote, like they're in the t- the past and the present at the same time. Yeah. And like, she she she's on me. She's on the thin line. Uh, so uh, Iota's like Iota pulls out a fucking ambulance. <laughs> Because her power is to shrink. She can shrink herself, but also she can shrink objects. So she shrink. She had at some point shrank an ambulance. Which, you know, could I be? Um, unless she shrunk and held hostage to emergency personnel, too, I don't think it need to be an ambulance. Any, I think any kind of uh, band would have. Yeah, but she needed a stretcher, too. Oh, that's fair. Okay. And uh, Virgil says, uh, he tells Blitzen, hey, I'm sorry about earlier. And uh, she goes, uh, yeah, prove it. And uh, he Virgil looks over and meets Gloria Mundy, who is living receptacle of the hopes and dreams of a thousand, thousand dead races. And they're like, don't, don't get her started. We have to go. 
Uh, Iota, I, I should add, Iota uh, talks like, uh, they, everyone else are like fast-talking teens and 20-somethings. Iota is like a 35-year-old woman. <laughs> this is like somebody's mother. And she's, you know? She talks like that. She talks like that. Um, what are you saying? I said she talks like a, the cool teacher that. Yeah. Uh, like everybody's or honey or something, you know? Yeah, everybody eats lunch in her classroom. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so <laughs> Virgil meets back up with his family. And uh, his mom's like, I saw the explosion and I was so afraid. He's like, some superheroes are fighting or something. I'm okay. And uh, he's like, I even got a new jacket. I guess his dad, his dad who looks like Isaac Hayes. Yes, but so specifically on the the panel, he looks like the guy that plays Turk in all those Netflix Marvel shows. Yes, holy shit! Like I saw that and I could not break that from my <laughs> like like holy shit, Turk. Uh, so Virgil says, uh. I'm going to go show my new stuff to Madison, okay? Bye. And they're like, don't – you don't have anything to say to your sister? She was worried. And <laughs> Virgil turns and looks at Sherry and goes, you know, I never noticed it before, but if you stuck your face into some dough, you could make gorilla cookies. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the kind of th- – this is the reason that uh, – Black people should always write this character, cause yeah. I I think it's really funny if Dwayne McDuffie writes that. Yeah, yeah. If Jason Aaron writes that. We gotta yeah. we gotta have we gotta start a dialogue. <laughs> Brian Michael Bendis writes that, and uh, I'm burning the city of Cleveland to the ground. You know what I mean? But but Dwayne McDuffie deciding to make to have Virgil turn to look at his sister and go, "You look like a monkey." <laughs> Uh, pretty good. And uh, yeah. and his mom says he wants to see his girlfriend. And his dad says it makes sense. Explosions make me horny too. <laughs> he, he's father son. <laughs> like father like son. Gotta love it. Uh, we cut away to this. Uh, we cut away to somewhere else. Uh, a meeting of Brother Blood Society. Apparently, like. <laughs> Uh, his room looks identical and I'm sorry y'all. I know but he looks identical to like Shinnok and Mortal Kombat that, that shitty Mortal Kombat like the role all of it it just looks like fucking Shinnok it looks like a character that they would design he looks like a John Byrne character from the 70s who exists to make you think that he's Magneto oh yes Eric the Red. Yeah. Remember how Eric the Red was Cyclops? For no fuck. Oh my god. It was Cyclops, and then it was randomly another character. And I don't think they ever referenced. Yeah. Uh, Virgil uh, lied to his parents, and is instead of going to Madison's, uh, he flies off on a trash can lid to Hardware's, and Hardware's like. What's with the dopey outfit? How does this dopey compare to what he usually wears? 
I'm saying, like that's just this that's is, just this is a much better what, costume, and I like the classic static costume, but this is a lot better. I, just, I don't, I'm not a fan of the coat. I could live without the coat, um, but it it makes him stand out. Yeah, it does. It does. I mean. I think the coat and the goggles looks a lot more distinctive uh, than the coat and the hat. It's that's the thing. I feel like the goggles, or I can do the hat. Too. I think that needs, like even if like we get like an eight, you gotta have the goggles. Yeah. Um. So the uh, like the the other thing about the hat too is that Virgil um. Virgil would alternate hats. He had a bunch of different hats he would just wear. Um, of just random shit, ostensibly. Like, he, he owns a University of Miami hat that he wears on multiple occasions. Which makes sense, considering that this story originally, Virgil's, this is the early 90s. Like, yeah. of course he likes the U. Uh, who, who did it? Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, that's exactly like, oh, his get down, too. Especially as like a, a as like a what? As an eternally horny young man, like that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he would look at the U and said, "Oh man, these are my fucking guys." You know, what's actually even funnier is when you. Hmm. This is like the Clinton Portis. Oh yeah. This is right after. I mean, well, not this, but, like, in the 90s, too, it's like, that's the team with Warren Sapp and The Rock on it. <laughs> Remember how The Rock was on a national championship team with Warren Sapp? That's fucked up. You know? Uh, so, uh, Virgil meets with Hardware, and Hardware's like, whoa, I'm impressed that you were able to, you know, beat them back. Uh, they kicked my ass uh, and broke my legs. And when he says broke, this one, iron. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's in an iron cast on both of his legs. <laughs> like, like that is not <laughs> they, they shattered his legs. Jesus. He says they call themselves traffic men. They're superpower tweakers. That's all I know so far. When I'm done going over this stuff, I'll know a lot more. I'll know a lot more. You you did good, kiddo. Because they dropped like this drug that they were injecting themselves with earlier. And he looks over. He's like, "Hey, you're still here? I got I got shit to do. I'll call you." And he's like, "No, go ahead." This is one of the parts of this whole of this whole little run. It's how like Stag's like, "Call me. You don't even know where to find me." And this guy proceeds to give Static real name, his address, his school that he attends, his age. He just reads the kid's like entire whole identity. He has a number by saying, "Yeah," and finishes by saying, "I haven't bothered." You haven't bothered to memorize your phone and social security numbers, but they're my phone. Wait, shit. Yeah, he says, please, your real name is Virgil Hawkins. You live at 18404 Roper Street. You're 15 years old. You attend Hemingway High School in Sadler. I haven't bothered to memorize your phone and social security numbers, but they're both in my palm top. Now beat it. I'll call you. And Virgil just looks annoyed by this. 
Yes, he does. Oh, you can see him mid-eye roll. Yeah, like, fuck. And this isn't even, like, a, a Peter Parker thing where everybody knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, eventually. He's just like, no, man, I'm hardware. I'm, I know everybody. You know? I got dirt on because you wouldn't believe. A small note, but I do love that... You cut out for a sec. Oh, I'm saying that I love that hardware's are all just hard squares. Like, and then statics also kind of do this. I, I'm not really sure how to describe it, but they've got like little notch bubbles. Oh yeah, that there's yeah, like Virgil's. Uh, Virgil's are all like these like circular. The so that they've got like a, a jagged thing to them. Yeah, like a static effect. That's- Versus yeah, hardwares, which are all these big solid blocks. Like it, it's really cool, especially. And it only does that when Virgil is static. It doesn't do it all the time. Yep. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of like. You know what I mean? Yeah, of like weird speech bubbles and shit. It's great. It's so good. Uh, and uh, Virgil gets home. And his dad's like, hey, glad you finally made it home. Your sister and I have been talking about your hair. He's like, my hair? And his sister goes, your head is nappy, Virgil. Uh, in my head, um, uh, his sister sounds like um, Pam. Ooh, I was going to say in my head. She-, she sounds like what? Regina King from Friday. Yes, all or also Regina King. Yes, one of the two. Uh, when I say Pam, I mean Pam from Martin. Uh, yeah, the uninitiated. Yeah, the uninitiated. Or the mom from Everybody Hates Chris. Yeah. Oh, that show. You don't think about something fucked up. That show's like 16 years old. I saw, um, I've been watching. Man's Man. Like, it's not even like, oh. Everybody hates Chris and starting to grow up. Like, no, that's a full adult. That's a grown man. Oh, in uh, in Abbott Elementary, yeah. Yeah, he's got like car insurance and shit. Like. Yeah, he he looks like a hardball detective now. It's fucked up. <laughs> I want him in an L.A. Noir sequel. <laughs> Holy shit, he's in the next season. Wait, what? He's gonna be in the next season of True Detectives. Is he really? Or are you saying? That? No, 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 I'm sorry to say that. Oh, <laughs> he's gonna take that. <laughs> uh, but they're like, where? His dad goes, "Don't worry, son." Uh, <laughs> or uh, Sharon says, "I suggested to Daddy that he cut it off, but you wouldn't have to worry about it anymore." Like, cut it off. And his dad's like, "Don't worry, son. He's to cut the heads back all the time back in college." His dad grabs him by the back of the head and turns the clippers on. Virgil is fully sweating down his face. And maybe tearing up? That may be a tear in the <laughs> <laughs> Um and he's like, uh I rem- he's like, Yeah, I remember when you used to go by he's like, Of course your mother made me stop because you were getting beat up too much. But now you're big enough to take care of yourself. Okay, I get it. He says Sharon, yes. Can you do my hair for me? If you're asking a favor, you know the proper form. <laughs> This this little motherfucker. This little bastard. <laughs> I be I beseech thee, 
O most lovely Nubian queen, superior in wisdom, unmatched in grace. He says, okay. He says, nah, I don't think you're sincere. And leaves. Walks off. Just walks off. He says, I was one gorilla cookie joke. You challenged me. <laughs> and his dad cuts the clippers back on. Uh, he says, uh, he says, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. He's like begging off. He's got his hands up, like, Dad, please don't. <laughs> and so he calls Frida to come, to come do his hair. And so, what, what the fuck does Frida know about doing hair? I was gonna say, there's a whole set <laughs> tearing up in rage at this panel. What? One of, like, one of our strongest and proudest black superheroes getting his head touched by your queen. Nubian menace. Frida Gore. <laughs> this oh is God. all in an attempt to feminize the black man. To you destroy know? the black household. Oh my god. Ooh, show this page to Umar Johnson. His head might explode. <laughs> he might just melt from the inside. Woo! We'd all be better for it. Yes, indeed. Um, and uh, Frida says, uh, <laughs> stop being such a baby. I'm almost finished because he's, <laughs> Virgil's yelping. She's like, you're awfully te- awful tender-headed to be a superhero. What the fuck? This line threw me for a loop because I was just like, I've never heard a person who was not black describe anybody as being tenderhead. Same. But I will say, if anybody would know, I would. I would assume that Virgil's best friend would would use that phrase. You know, because her hair looks thick. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a ponytail the whole story for a reason. Yes. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, She's like, he's like, that fight at the mall was a one-time thing. I'm done with this. And she's like, is that what you're going to tell everybody counting on you to come through for them? She's like, I gave everything I had. And all I ever hear from people is what I should have done. Let them do it. I've moved on. And she says, not that I remotely believe you, but if you really feel that way, could you answer a question? Why are you still talking about it all the time? Oh. And this is another one of those really good pages where the first panel is just of Frida's hands in Virgil's hair um, and then just close ups of both of their faces and you can see his face get- yeah his face like he screws his face up and he's just like fuck she got me on that phone rings and first of all why is Frida answering the phone in somebody else's house that's crazy to me and so what gets me is that when I first, I thought you thought they were at the, her house. Was it? Yeah, that too. But when I when I figured out where cell phone, because that makes a little more sense. Yeah, but this is just a house phone. Just somebody. Hey, <laughs> be somebody calling for his mom. You could you have no idea what you could be getting into there, Ms. Gorin. Yeah. The only people who call for Virgil are you and Madison, and you're here. Like, that man's dad's mistress. <laughs> you you could get somebody's family caught up in some shit. You picking up the landline. <laughs> you know? You find out some shit you don't want to know. 
checking the landline in somebody else's house. Like that's that's, that's a just... check caller ID. Yeah, you know, it's 2001. That's pretty dangerous. <laughs> Uh, and so Frida answers the phone, and a voice on the other side of the phone says, Frida, why am I not surprised? And she says, uh, it's for you. Scary, me- scary mechanical voice, kind of cold. <laughs> you have no idea. And uh, I have a note for that, which is, Ooh, Virgil likes him scary. Yes. says hello hello virgil like just cold to the point period hello virgil and you know at first i did uh brush through it again right before is that he says that a uh, scary mechanical kind of cold thing mm-hmm. at first i thought he knew that it was madison and he's like making fun but then i realized that he's expecting hardware to call him yes yeah <laughs> And then Frida just said that said that you have no. Uh, and he says, he says, "Madison, hi. You sound kind of upset. Just, do I? Or do I? Maybe that's because you told your folks you were coming to see me eight hours ago. Oh, uh, I sort of got sidetracked. It was important. So important you couldn't see me, but not so important you couldn't see Frida." It's not how it, it's not like that. This he has to know how this looks. Yeah, like there's no other way. Like she's in your house answering your phone. Yes, <laughs> you have to know how this looks. Like she probably gonna put in your mom. You she gotta understand, man. This is <laughs> this is the grown man, baby. You know. She she says, I'm too much of a lady to tell you what I think of you right now, Virgil Hawkins. He says, I suppose it's a bad time to ask what you're wearing. <laughs> Which, once again, why is it like this? <laughs> the fucking Bitman, he can't help himself. You know? Uh, I suppose it's a bad time to ask what you're wearing. <laughs> and he meant it, too. <laughs> oh, must have been this. Yeah, Frida, Frida, with her hand on her chin, looks at him and says, you're going to die a very lonely man. Because <laughs> she's the one who sets him up. Initially, she set him up with Madison, but she also set him up with Daisy. And mm. the whole time he's with Daisy, she is uh, she is constantly covering for him because he's off doing static shit. And so it's like, I don't, I haven't heard from Virgil all day. We were supposed to meet up for blah, 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 blah. And Frida, knowing in the back of her mind that he's tied up in some warehouse somewhere, it's like, ah, uh, maybe he's out with Rick. But Rick's with me. Uh, maybe his train's late. I promise he does like you. Uh, well, not this page, but the next page from this whole little run here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll let you kind of set the stage where I think I jump and go. Okay. Uh, so they do get another call, and this time it's hardware. And it's like, hey, look, uh, hey, I figured some stuff out. Uh, so, by the way, they are not on meth. Uh, they're mainlining 
Bang Baby Blood. Which fucked. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like there's so much to But this uh this page where he says that and the middle panel is it's just very it's you can tell it's meant to be Virgil as he's hearing and processing what Harvard is telling him. Because mm-hmm. on the phone you hear Harwood say, Kid, I think they're they're grinding up bang baby drugs. And Virgil's face there, perfect. Like you see the the determination of the, the switch flipping in his brain. Of okay, I can't not do this. Right, exactly. Where it's like, all right, time to get some. And this is also everything up till now is still pretty in line with Virgil's character. Virgil's character this is something that's pointed out uh, by Frida uh, early on. When Virgil tries something and it doesn't work, he gives up. He is very quick to say fuck it and just cut bait. Right. And so here, uh, he, he he kind of finds that resolve and is like, uh, I got to go. And he goes to put on the new coat and costume and everything. And uh, Frida pulls the old one out of the bag. Because of course she just kept it. Yeah, she kept it. I, you know what? I would like it if you wore uh this coat or this uh costume with the blue coat. Oh, I, I see. I think I just like that coat better. Yeah, cause that yellow, that yellow, yellow part. Cause this is a fucking raincoat. <laughs> You're just expecting the well, flood. You know. Also, I would like to take a second and uh, acknowledge the the thing where people always go, "Why do black su- Why are there so many black superheroes with electricity powers?" The answer, the there are two answers. One, the first black superhero at DC Comics is Black Lightning. A lot of times, artists and writers will want to pay homage to Black Lightning. Storm is not a case of that. Storm is just a coincidence, but Static is definitely a send up to Black Lightning. The other is that black people, when you are drawing darker skin, blues and yellows and whites and golds all look great. Yes. So the lightning powers gives you a convenient reason to draw them in those colors. It's uh, for the visual. And, you know, it's that point of how Something that somebody pointed out to me that I didn't think about for me is that if you think about uh, Black Panther, T'Challa, who's probably the biggest example of the opposite of that, as far as looks go, he's a very boring-looking character until they started doing the vibration, like the, uh, yeah, the vibration right. foot. Uh, until he's they added like that purple thing on his costume. Yeah, he's just such a plain-looking character. Just, just a... Like, whereas, like you said, like with electricity powers, you get like the whites or the blues and stuff, and it really, it really does hit. Yeah, it makes it popular. Um, like Storm was originally supposed to be like Black Cat, basically. Like that was the idea, and it predates Black Cat by a few years. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I was kind of. I think it's kind of because it's like she. I think it's kind of lazy when people bring Storm into that equation. It's like, 
she has a lot more than electrical powers. Yeah. Electricity works, man. Yeah, it's it's a cool power. Like, <laughs> and I gotta tell you guys, uh, Virgil meets back up with his old teammates, uh, and he meets up with the character Plus, who gives him the uh, gives him the the hero badge that lets him use the shadow slide, which is he, Virgil uh, refers to it as a spooky teleporter that whisks him. Whisks you almost instantly through a spooky void directly to the Shadow Spire, the spooky headquarters of the spooky organization called the Shadow Cabinet. And he gets there, and uh, this character, Iron Butterfly, is like, Static, we were expecting you. Ooh, spooky. Somebody cue, somebody cue the theremin. <laughs> <laughs> and Virgil what the theremin was. What? It took me a second to realize what a theremin is, but <laughs> it, 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 that's a good joke, Static. He is full of good jokes. Like the the thing is about comic book characters is they can eat, a lot of them are gonna make jokes, and a lot of times they're not good jokes. Like they'll be good jokes for a comic book character. This is just a funny thing to say. Because <laughs> it requires everyone in the room to know what the fuck a theremin is, <laughs> or at least be able to uh, but he uh, he says, also uh, followed up immediately by another good joke. He says, hey, where's Dharma? And Dharma walks in. He says, cool, love your show. Where's Greg? <laughs> Which I feel like lets you, especially edible right over there. I feel like if you are, this is a joke that we get and think is funny. Yeah. <laughs> but like somebody reading this, like who was born in like 2005, wouldn't get it. Wouldn't think it's funny. Exactly. It was. It's funny because like it took me. A... Took you a second to think about Greg and Dharma. Yeah, because the first thing I think of whenever I hear Dharma is. Have you you cut up for that whole thing. What'd you say? Oh, I was saying the first thing that popped in my head when I heard Dharma. The TV show. Yeah. Because this the subplot with the Dharma. Uh, I think it's the Dharma Corporation. I think. Mm-hmm. So it's a second even realized the Dharma and Greg thing. The man, the man's good at his job. Yeah. Uh, and the Dharma's whole thing is that he knows he's like he can see the future. He's like a precog. Um, and he's like he's like past, present, and future. The entirety of history is an open book to me. What's done is done. What will be is done. He says, then you know when I'm here, what I want. I need the location of the traffic men and everything you everything else you can tell us about them. No. Why? Because I didn't. Free will is an illusion. The future is already written. How can you walk away and not do anything? Easily. Because I also know that Iron Butterfly will tell you everything you wish to know as soon as I leave the room. Oh. Tomatoes, tomatoes, tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I hate pre-calls. All right, Moira McTaggart. You know, easily my least favorite. Uh... It's like, ooh, I can see the future. The only good precog is Destiny. Yeah. <laughs> and that's because Destiny is constantly using her precognition to troll everyone. Or, uh, I haven't read x Where she would, the future would be so scared of what it is. 
Uh, her telling uh, Destiny telling Mystique to throw her ashes out on at the sea, but t- telling to throw it at this exact time because she knows that a gust of wind is gonna blow back into Mystique's face. Very funny. Legendary. Um, and so they Iron Butterfly is like, hey, the uh, they're here at the underground compound that used to be the headquarters of the Tower family, which were uh, a family of old superheroes. <laughs> And uh, and Iota says, I have to say, dears, we're up against a motley group of, uh, to go up against. We're a motley group to go up against a threat like this. I can't help but wish we had a m- bit more firepower. And then from off screen, then you probably won't mind if I tag along. And fucking hardware. And boy, howdy, this fit is insane. <laughs> <laughs> this man looks like Judge Dredd meets Death Clock meets I don't like there's a car muffler gun on one arm like what's happening here he looks fully out of control <laughs> like when I first when I first read that I literally howled like oh my god it pouches he looks ridiculous and it's, like, ridiculous in the best way. Yes. And it's, like, as as funny as it is, the idea that, like, obviously these characters in the panel they introduce, it's just a full body shot of him. And collectively, everybody off screen kind of goes hardware. And it's, like, obviously they're just surprised to see him. But in my brain, they're like, what the fuck are you wearing, bro? <laughs> Obviously, they're just surprised to see him because uh, your fucking legs are broken, Hardware. How are you here walking around? You know? Uh, issue three opens with... Uh, well, first of all, great cover here. Uh, with yeah. Virgil and Hardware on it. And Virgil says, I always wanted a sidekick. And Hardware says, don't push your luck, kid. Uh, so... We get a quick intro to like what the tower, who the tower family were, um, and this, this is the memorial built on the site of the Tower of Solitude, headquarters of the Tower family, right up until it was destroyed, just about the time I was born. Also, this is Virgil talking. Um, John Tower was the world's first superhero. He and his family set the standard for over sixty years. Powerful, ageless, invincible. Under their watchful eyes, we felt safe, and then they all got killed. True, John Tower came back to life a few years later, but the point remains, heroes die. I saw it happen once, to a girl named Dusk. That's the reason I quit. Now it's happening again, this time to a lot of people, and that's the reason I've come back. My name is Static, but I didn't come alone. Great intro. Um, is that collected in any book? Like that Tower family? I don't know for sure. I'll look into it. Cause that's that, that's a pretty interesting premise. I want to see the invincible, you know, invincible family <laughs> protecting everyone from the 30s to the 90s. You know, a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of interesting directions that can go. Uh, and so they're underneath the uh, they're in a underground complex underneath where the Tower of Solitude used to be. 
they come up with a plan to to get everything in and Virgil's sitting there while they're thinking about it uh, and he's just thinking about everyone who isn't there and uh, he's talking to Blitzen and she says just because we all didn't always succeed didn't mean we weren't needed he says we're still needed Val that's why we're here and she kind of gently puts her hand on her face on his face in like a very like tender friendly way <laughs> I don't know if I, if I caress my friend's faces this way and she's like you're a good guy, Virgil. Also, uh, yeah, hey, I noticed you're back in your old costume. What happened? Did Ash ask for his jacket back? And Virgil says, okay, that's officially the last Pokemon joke ever. You know? Um, <laughs> I, I kind of... It's funny you mentioned that panel with her touch. Because I definitely thought they, was gonna, they were going to go somewhere with that. But I think I may have just been me reading a little too deep into it. Okay, the thing is, like, like I said, every woman that Virgil Hawkins meets is kind of into him. Very Nightwing of him. Very Peter Parker of him. Um, it's unclear. Because, uh, like, there's a thing in the DC crossover. So they did a, a crossover with the Superman books in the, um, in the mid-90s called Worlds Collide. And in that book, Rocket kisses Static on the mouth. And then they oh. never talk. They never talk about it again. Okay. Like she's like, "Hey, come here." <laughs> well, that happened. Yep. Uh, and so hardware gives them a. Uh, he gives them all these things that will protect them from getting their powers shaken away. Um, and he explains uh explains like the tech that gave Bang Babies their powers. I won't get into get too into it because um, it's all like it, it's all exposition. Yeah, it's all exposition and comic books trying to explain their science. Which um, we, we never read. Right. And so the uh, basically don't uh, don't let those motherfuckers hit you. These things are going to protect you if they do. Um, and so Virgil gives a speech, which is nice. He says, we're not the Tower family, you know? We're not the most powerful heroes in the world. But as we're as good at this as anybody's ever been. If it, this thing can be won, we'll win it. And then he gets interrupted by his mom calling. Which is the funniest thing. Funniest goddamn thing. Like, I mean, hacked. As soon as I realized what was happening, it's just great comedic timing. Like he's like, like "We'll win it." We. And he goes, "Oh man, hello, mom. This isn't this isn't really a good time." No, I'm at Rick's. What? Oh, I love you too. Bye. <laughs> hey, just fucking ring her off, dude. I have a note here from that, which is that after. Would have loved if Dwayne McDuffie got a chance to a bad book, namely a Nightwing book. Oh my God! There's a lot of books that I wish Dwayne McDuffie got to write. I every yeah. time I think about Virgil, I get mad that Dwayne McDuffie never got to write Miles. Yes, a Dwayne McDuffie Miles Morales book would have been the greatest shit ever. Especially like a book where he interacts 
That'd be interacts with who? Without a problem. Yeah, yeah. Because he I, would get that old head energy down perfect. Yes. Uh, so payback lifts the the statue that they need to get under um, to get down. Uh, and um, there's a, a throwaway line from Iota here where she's like, everyone be considerate. Kevin has lower back trouble. Like the idea of a, uh, someone with super strength having back problems is really funny to me. And also big same, bro. Big same. <laughs> me too, guy. You got to get a good chair for that. Some good yeah. lumbar support. Get a good chiropractor. I'm pretty sure insurance will cover it. Wait, what? I said, I'm pretty sure your insurance will cover it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he says, uh, we got to get over there faster, guys. I'm going to drop it. And they're like, why don't you just put it down, Kevin? It's like, okay. But not because it's too heavy. It's my sciatica. You know? I got a bad back now, don't <laughs> it's not because it's heavy. It's, I got some some issues. I also do want to point out that Iron Butter, um, by the power set, I really kind of enjoy. But also the fact that this costume is just a knight's armor with like wings, with giant butterfly wings. It's really cool. Like simple to the point, and, and you know what it kind of feels kind of feels like uh, when people are doing like um. TV shows about superheroes, and they just kind of pick a name and build the power set around it. Yes. But it just rules, though. This is good. Yeah, and the power set is he can control anything metallic. Not metal, metallic. Like, so good. That's so good. Like, uh, a reference to, like, the uh, metal car. Like, <laughs> Uh, wait, say... Sorry, I lost that part. Oh, I say it makes a reference to, like, the metal... So it's like, it's like a... It's... It's like, it's like telepathy, a metal... almost. Yeah, like a metal like a metal telepathy. Yeah. Um, and we cut to the mall, and Frida says, what do you mean, let's go? You want to have a big cat fight in the middle of the theater? Fucking Felix... Wearing a menace to society hat says, yes. <laughs> "I think I speak for all, for us all, but I say yes, please." Like, bro, we get to we get it. <laughs> so good though. Uh, and Chuck adds on, "Look, there's even a fountain you can wrestle in." Would you two fucking cut it out? Stop this shit, please. <laughs> uh, and. and uh... Madison says, this is the first chance we've had to talk without Virgil around, so let's talk. Uh, and says, we'll get your tickets. You guys catch up with us later. And it's Daisy. And uh, Felix is like, <laughs> Felix might as well be sucking his teeth. God damn it, Daisy. Oh, you gotta step in. Ruin my a good time. You know? And uh, <laughs> uh, so Frida says, so boyfriend trouble? She says, meddling best friend trouble. At least Virgil think, thinks you're his best friend. He's like, I am. And she almost, she like kind of whispers it. Like to her stuff. Yeah. Because uh, like it's a real big speech bubble with a re with real small text. She says, I am. Uh, she says, huh. My best friend doesn't meddle in my love life. Not even when asked. 
I don't get you, Frida. You introduced me to Virgil. Now you're putting moves on him? No, I'm not. But even if I were, all's fair in love and war. It's like wondering how you'd fare, wondering how fair you'd think it was if I was after your boyfriend. Which, once again, absolutely killer. Like, beautiful artwork. Yes. Frida with the hair down. Mm hmm. And in that last panel, which says that, like, I wonder how you just, like, you, the, the pissed off face. Yes. Like, she's mad, but also she's like, fuck shit. Because, uh, like, and the, the interesting thing, and I think I said it earlier, uh, Virgil was into Frida. Frida did not feel the same way and then just grew to have romantic feelings for him later. Now, it is established in Milestone Forever that they do eventually get married. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is just a, a, a little sidebar. But this whole thing, Rebirth of the Cool, feels like they were angling to relaunch Static. Yeah. And never, never got to. Because um, it feels like that would have been the plot thread, is Frida being in love with Virgil, Madison knowing that Frida's in love with Virgil, Virgil not knowing it. Yeah, Virgil's got to be the... He's got to be Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, you, you that out. That's, that's never going to leave my brain now. Like, mm -hmm. You pointed out, and I just don't know how I didn't see it before. It's, it, Peter Parker really is the template for teenage superhero. Yeah, 100%. Virgil is, like, aggressively Peter Parker. Uh, back at the Tower Memorial, underground, um, Hardware goes, heads up, folks. And they're like, Hardware, shut up. It's a stealth mission. He's like, I'm pretty sure they know we're here. <laughs> hey, how, can, how can you be certain? And the lights come on. He's like, call it a hunch. <laughs> you know, just a ton of, just, most bags. Like, it's just a lot. They, you know? they knocked over a beauty supply. Had <laughs> to, you know? Uh, and so uh, they fight. Uh, Gloria just Ermax everybody. He's like, feel the wrath of a billion, billion souls. And the, that, that automatic. The. Uh, the ah! <laughs> Uh, and then, fucking Iota with the <laughs> Iota grabs a little bat out of her pouch and the guy's like what are you going to do with that and she's like oh this little thing I was thinking I'd knock you out and then expands it to full size it just <laughs> like which is another, another great onomatopoeia because we're just going to fuck <laughs> What's that charming expression you penile shortchange gentlemen use? Ah, uh, yes, I'm a grower, not a shower. Like, and my note was was not expecting, not expecting dick jokes here. But they're very welcome. Yep. Uh, Blitzen has grabbed a bunch of their staffs, and she's like, "Speaking of phallic symbols, anyone want one of these swizzle sticks?" Uh, and just more. More fighting, more violence. 
uh, hardware goes into what he calls overkill mode. And the pain just says... Like, we, I can't overthink what he just did is. Because that's just... They're supposed to be the reinforcement. And yeah, it's... This is the biggest gun. This is a, a specific combo. But around the time Disney... Maybe... What? 2009 Disney bought Marvel in 2009, yeah. Okay, so around that time, there was a... Cody's body gets like in, like his brain is living inside a war machine armor. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. And he just destroys people so brutally in this book that my friend described it as turning rice, and that's what hardware does here. Describe like, it turning people into rice, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what hardware does here. He just stands there and just mows down a hallway full of. We just check this shit out. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Virgil detects a big uh, a big electromagnetic field and makes his way to a giant door uh, and goes, oh, I can I can use my powers and pick the lock. And he tries for five minutes. And the little, there's a, there's a that's in his thought bubble. That's so oh, funny. The drawing of him as a dun- with the dunce cap on. Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, and he says, oh, well, shoulda, woulda, coulda. And it just blows the door. And the, the dude in the robe watches and he's like, it's the one who escaped my men. I'm looking forward to meeting him face to face. I imagine his expression will be priceless. Virgil comes in and he sees like a hundred bang babies just strung up. Oh. Such good artwork here. Yeah, yeah. John Paul Leon, really, really an understated, fucking brilliant artist. Um, and he says, "I found them." They're like, "Now, now, we're busy." He's like, "I think they're alive." And Blitzen sprints in, grabs Donner, and is like, "Yeah, she's alive, but she's drugged and been bled. What are they doing here?" And the shadowy man steps out. He says, I think I can answer that question. Didn't mean to cause alarm. I guess you, I guess when you broke in here, you accidentally set me free. The name is John Tower. I might be a little, a uh, little before your time, son, but I'm still one of the good guys. He's like, but you died. He's like, comes and goes in this business. Which, not wrong. Not yeah. He says, you said you know what they're doing here? Some kind of experiments. Did they burn your face? He says, no, a fellow named Holocaust did this to me. I'll leave in the school for one day. This place is a drug factory. The raw material is the very blood of your fellow bang babies. So you come back to help us. Not exactly. And <laughs> fires off a huge blast with a shrek and oh. Like, I'm assuming it's just supposed It's just supposed to be what? You're running the no energy projection? Yeah, but it looks like it should be poison. Yeah, it's like this oxygen. This terrible green color. Uh, and he's like, don't you see? 
I've been battling evil since the 30s. I'm old now. The time I last time I returned from the dead, I was left without my I was left with injuries my powers couldn't heal. But your blood, it gives me youth and strength. It allows me to reinvent myself yet again. Like, but you used to be one of us. You were the first, the best. You can't do this. I can do anything. Justify anything. As long as it keeps me alive and keeps me on top. It's just Pat Riley. Yeah, oh. <laughs> that's great. Marcus, that's great. That's the funniest thing. That's so funny. This is just the Miami Heat organization. Damn, that's good. Yeah, I'll snipe Ray Allen from you. What are you going to do about it, Ange? Hashtag, uh, hashtag heat. Heat culture. So then uh, John Tower starts fucking choking Static. Like, Double-handed. Not like, like, it, it, like, to explain, like, a way of villain. Like, this man is strangling. He is hyper-tension in him. Yes, yes. Like, it is like exactly Homer Simpson. Like, stand over him and everything. <laughs> Just choking the shit out of him. And then a hardware pops in. He says, let him go, Tower. Or are you afraid to go up against somebody your own size? Not particularly. And with a wave of his hand, it cuts hardware in half. And so now it's just a static choke. Tower yeah. is standing there, and he's standing in between the two halves of hardware. It's so gross. He's it's out of control. Uh, and then the cover for the next book is literally just that, like a yeah, it's just more of that tower choke. <laughs> So good, man. And so Virgil's, he says, so much for the Calvary. And Virgil's like, you killed hardware. Yes, Static, I did. And uh, Virgil blasts at him, and he just puts up a field and blocks it and says, I don't need the disguise anymore. Tears off his skin. It is just like a man made of white stone. So disgusting looking. Yeah, it's really gross. And he's like, it's from. He looks like he's something from some. But I can't. He looks like. Uh, the, he doesn't look exactly like this, but it reminds me of. You remember that dude from Power Rangers in space? Oh, Ecliptor. Ecliptor. Yes, I always want yeah. to call him Dark Honda, and I know that's not him. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It, you know what it is? He looks like. He looks like the big villain, not Star Fox, but the first. Just that floating face. Oh, from Star Fox? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Bad look, though. Yeah. So we find out here that um, that John Tower has uh, just taken all these Bang Babies' powers uh, from taking their blood. So now he has energy projection, teleportation, super strength, super speed, telekinesis, pyrokinesis, flight, agility, weather control, shape-shifting, time travel, enhanced healing, invisibility, energy, and matter manipulation. All the powers of any bang baby whose blood I've tasted is at my command. What the fuck? 
Like, some of those, like... On their own are busted. Yeah, like time travel and weather. What? The, and, time travel as a power? <laughs> like, like, he can do this back to the world. He, what the hell, man? Uh, and so the we get an offside, like off-screen, or from from up above, the character Wise Son says, "Overconfidence says you son of a bitch, sucking us dry, holding us against our will." It ain't right. What? Are, so what do you think? Some of the guys in here ain't even bang babies. You don't even need them. Uh, and he he has managed to climb, like pry himself loose of the machine, dives down. To attack Tower and immediately gets goozled. Yeah, immediately. And then thrown back into the machine. Like, all the good that was, man. like just snuff out the hot tag. He says, no. Like, did you miss and the part where he said he has telekinesis? And then possibly the most. Uh, oh boy, Tower was just. Pretty- Start drinking like a, a tube <laughs> of banging blood. <laughs> like, not even born in anything, not injecting it. He just pulls the pipe out of the wall. <laughs> like it's a garden hose on a hot day yeah. in 1951. You know? It looks like fucking Dracula. <laughs> uh... And so Virgil tries to find his way out, runs into all those dudes from before, and they're like, our staffs are insulated now. And uh, and he's like, well, this sucks. Uh, these guys are like, well, I, I haven't had a hit in over a day because of you. And Virgil's like, come on up here. I'll hit you right now. <laughs> and, uh, and they're like, brave talk. You're outnumbered and surrounded. If you got another card up your sleeve, it better be an ace. And fucking hardware pussy. I just he says, "Sorry, I'm late. I was waiting for a good entrance line." <laughs> like, Didn't you just fucking die? Oh yeah, yeah, that was a robot though. Also, this is a robot. Remember how my legs are broken? Which you not like? Also, it's like you could have got me to. You could have told us at any point that that was a robot. Um, in hindsight. Well, you know what? I didn't get any of that. Sorry, you've been cutting out a lot. Yeah, I don't know what's happening here. Uh, I apologize in advance. To... I will put a thing in there. I don't know. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, like I, in hindsight, him getting cut in half with Probably should have been a sign that maybe that was a robot, but yeah, like we're not thinking about that. Shit, they don't want you to think about it until now. Like, yeah, this guy's legs were broke. This guy's legs were broken. He didn't suddenly get better. Uh, he says, "Unfortunately, I'm down to my last my last working model, so I'm gonna need a little help here." And bucket iota, bowl like. I thought she threw the ball at first. It didn't occur to me that she actually just rolls it. <laughs> she rolls just, a bowling ball that goes up a ramp and hits a dude in the back of the head. Yeah, like, 
beautifully done. Like it's she she's seeing pop up here and there because she's a fun character, man. Yeah, yeah, they should put to her and stuff. Uh, and so Static's like, hey, uh, we got to get the John Tower's on his way. We got to get out of here. And they're like, John Tower, is he dead? Yeah, that's what we thought. Uh, that simply cannot be true. John Tower has been a great hero for generations. He's the greatest of us all. Yeah, well, nothing, uh, he ain't nothing but a power junkie now. Uh, yeah, we should, we should leave. So Which they, power great band name. Yes. Uh, they go to, they start talking about escaping, and, uh, Virgil, they they point out that Blitzen got captured. And like, look, we'll come back and get her later. And Virgil is again thinking about Dusk, and he says, he just says, no. Last time I didn't go back for somebody, they died. So I gotta go. And um, Iron Butterfly says, hey, that's dumb. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> And Hardware says, yeah, she's right. Uh, stay here. If we stay here and fight, you're fucked. Or if you stay here and fight, we are all fucked. Because we need you. So I guess we'll stay. I guess I'm staying. Uh, and just everybody... <laughs> Iron Butterfly goes, hardly a sacrifice, as I sense your real body doesn't reside within this shell. He says, I didn't claim to be noble. Great line. Great line. <laughs> I fucking love Hardware. <laughs> Hardware rules, man. Because he's just constantly like, hey, look, yeah, yeah, let's do this. It's the smart thing to do. And they're like, that... but hardware, what would a hero do? He's like, I don't know. When did I say it was that? <laughs> <laughs> he said, fuck that guy to do with me. You want to know what a hero do? Ask a fucking... Go ask Icon. You want a friend? Go get a dog. Which I think it's a... I think it's a... Uh... I think we're to also to not have Icon show up in this book. Yeah, was I think a really bold move because I I fully kept expecting him the plot device. Yeah, like they show up and fix it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, everyone decides to stay back and fight, and Virgil Virgil says, uh. Uh, my, I'll take care of Tower. Uh, I, I'll try and reason with him. And Hardware is like, "You got a lot of guts, kid." He says, "Yep, I don't even know the meaning of the word fear, which does not bode well for those fast approaching SATs." What else? Um, and so Tower is like, "I'm tired of searching for you, Static." And Static tries to appeal to him, and he says, <laughs> "He says." Uh, he says, yeah, I want to talk, as in appeal to your better nature. He says, interesting. Do You you do remember that I want to drink your blood. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a fucking incredible line. You know? He says, hmm, hmm, hmm. Interesting. Remember how I want to kill you? And harvest your blood? Which, I mean, I get the idea that he's... But, um... If I've already got all the powers, I'm not worried about nobody's fucking... I'm not worried at all about this fucking electromagnetism shit. I can uh, travel through time. Fuck I do that you know? for? Just, uh... 
And he's like, uh, Virgil's like, look, it doesn't make any sense that you're killing all of us now. Remember how you used to be a hero? What's up? What's what's all this shit? He's like, yeah, I did believe all those things, but uh, things were different then. And Virgil's like, you weren't a hero because it was easy. You were a hero because it was right. This is the thrust of Virgil Hawkins as a character. This is the culmination of him as a character. He says, your values aren't what you say when it doesn't cost you anything. Your values are what you do when push comes to shove. I know it's still in you. Be what you say you are. It's like... I was a good guy because being good suited my ends and it doesn't anymore. You keep living up to your word all the time, guys like me will kill you. And so Virgil then gets the drop on him. He says, uh, only if guys like you, like us let you. Us. Oh, didn't I mention before I came in here, I drained the big power generator to supply power to the torture chamber in the next room? I'm betting by now most of your former prisoners are back on their feet again. Guys, the criminal mastermind will see you now. It opens the door, and all of the warriors <laughs> as your body busts through. Because it's, it's everybody and then from the other side it's and dead in the middle is the White-skinned man that Freeman. <laughs> Wait, hold on. It's fucking Nightwing right here. What the fuck? Holy shit. <laughs> Wait, in Towers... And it's like, oh, you're about to get fucked up, ain't you? And it's, you can just play the, the fucking... Beat him up! Beat him up! Beat him up! Beat him up! <laughs> the shit out of him for like a full page yeah everybody all gets like him. a dog they're just a dog <laughs> <laughs> like it's not like somebody commanding a dog there's just a fucking dog biting him just just biting the top of him as he's blasting like fucking carol danvers here just fucking burns up okay so that big carol danvers is donner oh okay yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, when Donner fucks him up. Donner whoops his ass. Uh, and like, do the honor, kids. Do the honors, kid. You earned it. And he's like, please, no more. And Virgil's like, maybe one more. Black electro punch. And uh, they're like, cool. Uh, the Alva Institute will foot the the medical bill for anyone here who needs it. Um, uh, which uh, I think is hardware's thing. He's like, uh, and Virgil's like, it's really nice. He was like, no, 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 I just like for people to owe me favors. Why is he, why is he Farouk? You know, great. Uh, but like in all the good ways. He's just a fucking asshole. He's like, no, I want you guys to pay me money. I want you guys to owe me favors so I can cash them in later when I don't want to do shit. Thanks. You know. Um, and so, uh, it's, it's really an all's well that ends well ending and everybody just kind of takes off. Uh, Gloria starts to do her thing and, uh, they're like, Hmm, we should all go. Cause she starts to ermac out. And so, uh, I wanted to ask you about that because I, it's unclear. <laughs> my interpretation was that. 
holding in. She's trying. She's going to absorb all of the. Uh, I, I read it as she's going to try and absorb all of the villains who are here, and they're like, "Yeah, oh, we should go." Okay. Like that's. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Kind of fucked. Yeah. Uh, so we get to um. Come back to Virgil's house, and Virgil's on the phone with Frida, and uh, he says, "Hello, Frida." And she's, I fucking hate when you do that. Yeah, I know. That's why I do it. <laughs> um, he's like, "Look, sorry you couldn't get through. I forgot to turn my phone back on after the fight. Uh, we got everybody back. We." She she tells him that she's proud of him, and he just kind of sits there, she's like. Uh, <laughs> He's like, I was just thinking, I have to admit, as ugly as the circumstances were, it felt really good to be doing it again. Does that mean you're back in business? Maybe not full time, but whenever I get the call, yeah, I'm back. And he, the hat he puts down has the milestone logo on it. Um, was, and, that the, was that the original hat he wore in the... Like, no. No, he wears a bunch okay. of different hats. Um... And so, Dwayne McDuffie does say in the, uh in the letters page he's like yeah i don't know if this is if we'll ever be back um because static this book did not sell enough sell nearly well enough to serve as a launch pad for a continuing series so that was the plan that was the idea was that for this to be a a jumping off point right and then it never went anywhere which I'm glad that it at least got to I'm glad it led to. It doesn't just end, you know. Yeah. Um, I will say, Virgil's next appearance because this is 2001. Virgil's next appearance is in 2002, um, in a comic, and he is. He appears in uh, it is a 9/11 comic, like a 9/11. Oh. tribute comic which i will say this one is a lot better than the one marvel did yeah this fucking dr doom and magneto oh. crying so well the juggernaut crying somebody uh, uh maybe you actually but somebody pointed out that magneto was always trying to nuke humanity like five years earlier the juggernaut himself Oh, he, he the, the juggernaut blows down. Uh, the, he runs through the World Trade Center and knocks it over. <laughs> hey, come on. Uh, or oh. that um, that uh, Magneto, I think within a year of that, tries to drop an asteroid on Earth again. Like. But I don't think. I think they could have done that with just... You could have just done it with the heroes. You didn't need the villains there crying. You know. And I, the DC one is like a collection of short stories. And so Virgil's there is that... Um, uh, Akkad, the owner of the cafe that he and Frida go to, is being yeah. harassed. And so Virgil's oh. to help him out. See? Like, that's... Like, a comic about the effect of Islamophobia makes a lot more sense than fucking Doctor Doom weeping 
it's so ham-fisted, but that's for another day. Yeah. Virgil's next appearance after that is that Brave and the Bold story with Black Lightning. That's like his formal introduction into the DC Universe. And then uh, is his stuff with the Teen Titans. And then he stays on that Titans team, I want to say, till the end. Uh, I think he's on that final Titans roster before the New 52. Um, and that's if right. not, he leaves pretty like close to the end. Then he has a short, uh, like a six-issue series in um, in the New 52. Uh, that got canceled after six issues. And then he was on the shelf until recently. Like they, such a popular character. Yeah, well, like, because it wasn't even like, oh, we're going to cancel his solo title, but he'll still appear in team books. They didn't, they wouldn't let anybody put him in anything. So you couldn't have him show up in, like, Black Lightning and hang out with Black Lightning and be his, like, like, be mentored by him. You can't have him show up in Teen Titans. You can't have him show up hanging out with Batman or something. I don't know. So it makes me wonder if they... If they what? I feel that they were planning something big. Maybe. I mean, the problem is that... Um, the problem is, above all else, that Dan DiDio, when he was running DC, when he was the publisher and the, the editor-in-chief or whatever, he... Like, especially the New 52 stuff... It was like, here are all the characters you aren't allowed to use. And Virgil just ended up on that list. He fucking stinks. Yeah. Like, also, I... I, I for forever. And, uh... I'm still saying. Fuck his name pronouncing it. Sucks. With who? Uh, like I said, I've always been saying his name with Dan. Oh, Dan DiDio, yeah. Yeah, so I'm gonna just keep saying it wrong. Yeah, fuck that guy. He sucks. He's a he was terrible. Uh, he kept trying to kill Nightwing. He kept tr- he finally succeeded at getting Barbara unoracled. Uh, after years of trying to get everybody to do it, um, and yeah, he's the he is the reason that for a few years Stephanie Brown and Cassandra Cain just didn't exist anymore. Wally West didn't exist anymore. Virgil Hawkins didn't exist anymore. Just a ton of characters just weren't around. I think he's also the reason Ted Kord came back. Which, you know, some decisions I like. I could live without Ted Kord being around. Yeah. I like I like him better as, like... I, I will, I'll start talking about Jaime and be here all day. Uh, I, I should get somebody to come do a Jaime episode. Um... But so here's my very specific feelings on Deadpool. If identity crisis is still a thing that happens, like if that's still part of the active continuity, then he's better off dead. But if you're going to reboot it so that that probably didn't happen, just have just have him pal around with uh, Busco. Yeah, I mean, I think just because like I like Jaime so much and I like the idea of. Jaime trying to figure out all this shit without Ted being around. Like, yeah. he's a legacy character with no mentor. And his mentors yeah. are instead people who knew his mentor. 
that's and awesome. I will say that I also don't even like that they. I won't say that they made Jaime, but it feels like they have the power set and stuff between any like legacy characters. They have the, the hot, biggest difference between the two. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I'm a guy that has some tech, and you have a you have an alien armor suit that lets you do whatever. Like it's like, bro, you should be t- like right. So I get that. Yeah, I get that. But uh, this has been uh, MCMF episode 10, I think. Um, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. I know this has been a weird episode in terms of the audio, and so I uh, I apologize for that. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. I, I will, when I come back to read that uh, related, I'll have that figured out. Yeah. Uh, and we... Um, you guys might get a double, a double uh, header of episodes this week because we're doing. I'm doing this. I'm doing Children's Crusade. Uh, I've got some some more fun stuff uh, planned. But thanks again for hanging out with us, um, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Take care. See you.